you said that the messaging has to be responsible yeah, right yeah. so when an actor is making a choice um, is there a moral responsibility parvati you've been very clear in your interviews that i will not do films that have item songs i won't do films that uh, sort of have encourage or in any way nurture patriarchy or misogyny um is is this you've made that choice as an artist that i'm not going to do that even if you like the film you're not going to break that well if i have to like the film then it definitely won't have that i mean it's a very fine line um reflecting what's there in the society showing what misogyny is sure and glorifying it it's entirely up to the writer and the director how they glorify it so when a man is being misogynistic and is being you know abusive um and you show that in a way that incites applause in the audience then that's glorification and at the same time you make the audience think whether he's done the right thing or not then there you are collaborating with the audience that there there is cinema there there is a dialogue but the other one is almost like spoon feeding you that this is okay and i remember sitting in theater watching such film as a teenager and squirming but at the same time everyone's clapping so i was very confused is it normal is it okay and then it reflected in my personal life too so the reason why i'm so strongly against it is because it affected my personal like my my relationships when it became passive aggressive and abusive i thought it was all right and i endured that for years till like whenever it you know the light bulb came on and i was like ah oh, this is why i believe that a lot of girls get influenced because you're sitting for two and a half hours in a you know dark room and you have this collective um expression that you're having with the form of art obviously subconsciously kuch to rehta hai na like something remains within you whether you talk about it or not this is not an inter- intellectualized cinema there has to be commercial there has to be fun but without demeaning gender without making something just a commodity for you for your lust maybe like i can feel lustful towards a character and not not make that um vulgar. make you vulgar and dispensable you know with respect be ho sakta hai na like yeah. that yeah. so i feel because i have been personally affected and i have only seen that happening around more and more i am definitely against such films which glorify such character you can always show bad characters but that's 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 where the visual grammar in a director comes out Hello and welcome to the Super 70 podcast, episode 34.7, Bollywood 2023. One year ago I saw a trailer on YouTube, showed it to my son, and he said, "Hell yes, let's see Patan." We were blown away by this action powerhouse with Hindustan's most famous actors Shah Rukh Khan and Deepika Padukone. Since then we've seen a handful of Bollywood films, all from 2023, and we were greatly impressed with what we saw. All right, the other night we saw Donkey Yes, with our with our modern day hero Shah Rukh Khan. Yeah, King Khan himself. Yeah, most charismatic person I've ever seen on screen. Uh, it was pretty good. What, is, what did you think? Is he the Indian Tom Cruise, or is Tom Cruise the American Shah Rukh Khan? 
Yeah, definitely. I've never seen anyone grab screen attention as quite like Shah Rukh Khan. He's just amazing to watch. Like anything, I'll watch him. Like that's how that's how much of presence that he has on screen. And Tom Cruise, I love him, but like life imitates art, I guess. So I'm going to direct our listeners to Patan, which I think is episode 32 on the Super 70 podcast. Yes, came out in January of 2023. Yeah, and so- uh, that. Donkey is uh, Shah Rukh Khan's third movie this year. What was the second one? Uh, Juwan. Juwan, we saw Juwan too. We also saw Juwan. Okay, so let's take these one at a time and we can we can be brief on Patan because we talked for two hours and 45 minutes yeah, during that fair. commentary. Yeah, All right, so Patan, we walked in. I showed you the trailer. We walked in. And like, we oh, this away. looks like a, like a fun movie to watch. Uh, we didn't see the runtime. Uh, remember, we had no idea about the runtime. We just saw, oh, it looks like, a, like kind, of, kind of a fun movie to see on a Friday night. And then we went, utterly blown away. 10 out of 10, my favorite movie of all time, and got introduced to Shah Rukh Khan and his, uh, his filmography, kind of, and uh, Bollywood. So that was our introduction to Bollywood films. And it had a great cast, too. Terrific uh, cast. And John Abraham um, played Jim. Yeah. And then that wonderful lady from you know, the Double Agent, Triple Agent, whatever. If you have not seen Patan, turn this podcast off right and now. Go to Prime Video. It is free on Prime Video. You will not regret it. Make sure you watch it on a big screen and uh, have a lot of fun. It's, With two kick-ass dance numbers. Yeah. I live for those dance numbers. Those songs are terrific. In most Bollywood films that I've seen, actually all of them I've seen, the dance numbers are the staple of the film. Absolutely love them. <laughs> saw RRR, which won Best Foreign Language Film last year. Did it? Yeah, at the Oscars. Well, that's incredible. RRR was, was amazing. That, was, it, that movie was like the first time that we realized that RRR and a lot of Bollywood films have four acts instead of three. It's like when we both like, this movie, this movie feels really long, and like that felt like the third act, but there's a fourth one. So that's when we kind of realized that Bollywood movies are narratively structured a little different than Hollywood films. And it's because they have so much story in them. And I don't feel like any of that is wasted. And that's why they're typically over two and a half hours. So RR is like three hours. And I'm glad I sat through all of it. I loved it. It was terrific. The dance numbers were amazing. The cast was great. I loved the story. 
And uh, yeah, that was a terrific movie. Definitely 100% 10 out of 10 recommend. It had, it had a real physicality for it for what is seemingly kind of uh, a drama. It's not really an action film like Patan. No, no, it's yeah, it's completely it's a drama with action scenes in it. You're supposed to care about the characters and what they're doing and how they're going through the story. And that film has a, an amazing arc through all the characters in the film, I think. Hmm. Um, everything comes full circle. And we were talking about this the other night when we saw Dunkey, and I've seen it in, in so far, almost every Bollywood film that I've seen, and I don't know if it's the studio or that's just Bollywood films in general, but there seems to be a theme in them, which is definitely an anti-colonial theme. Yes, most definitely. But That's but they, present in RRR, that's present in uh, some of Patan, and uh, not Juwan, that's a different message. And then Dunkey is very, very anti-colonialism. Yeah. But like you said when we walked out of the theater, it's... It's, it's not particularly anti-British. Yes, which is very shocking. Yeah. Uh, you always expect for colonialism and the British to be wrapped up in the same message, but they do separate that. You know, they, they don't they don't shit on on Britain or England or any of that. They they shit on colonialism and bureaucracy. Right, right. Which is which is incredibly can be the same, but if you're writing like a story like Dunkey, then it is important to separate them. You know, because not one person is responsible for all of bureaucracy. There's a there's a great book called uh, Commanding Heights: The Battle for the World Economy, and it talks about the, the nickname in in India for for bureaucracy is the Permit Raj. Right. Yeah. Like the Prince of Permits. Yeah. And you can't do anything in India back in the, you know, the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s without a permit. You needed a permit to buy a computer. So it's just easier. That's just, insane. Just not to buy, just don't buy a computer. I mean, this is in the, in the throes of the 1980s when everybody was buying personal computers and trying to figure like out how they were. Computerizing the nations. Right. Yeah. And it did specifically did not happen in India because of the permit Raj. So it took, uh, it took a lot of, uh, actually Manmohan Singh, who later became prime minister, he was the, he was the sort of the pushing force into getting rid of a lot of that that permit raj type of attitude where you've got to you got to dump this if you want to you want to grow economically. And uh, his politics, of course, is separate. We don't get into politics here on the Super Seventy podcast unless it's directly related to the film. And we'll talk about uh, a donkey in a little bit later. So, that, so uh, after RRR, after RRR is yeah, Juwan. Is Juwan? Uh, that was the second Shah Rukh Khan film that we saw in theaters. And no, no well, we can't we can't move to Juwan yet because why? What, what are we? Because missing? we have to talk about the bromance montage. Oh, the bromance montage almost made. I think it made the film. That song. We were like sitting in our chairs, like this is so ungodly amazing. <laughs> Oh! 
दोस्ती पूरब पश्चिम मिलते हुए है ये दोस्ती रियल So I don't know how Bollywood does that with their characters because all of their characters that I've seen in, in their films are incredibly um three-dimensional. Yeah, incredibly like, not, complex. Incredibly complex and not one of them is just like a piece of cardboard. You know, all of them are like believable people. And we and we talked about how they're able to separate the anti-colonialism from the from the anti-British attitude. That's a very complex uh, emotion to convey yes. on screen. Yes, and, it's hard to do. And it it seems like and it, of course Being Americans, we see shit all the time that's painted all in one color, and the war very in Gaza, binary. very binary. And the war in Gaza is like a a an, an apex mountain of that, right? Like if you believe in one side or the other, then you have to buy into everything that's with one side or the other. And that's just not the case. So I'm I was really surprised to see that in Bollywood cinema, at least modern day Bollywood cinema. It was really really heartening to see. And then one one also thing that you get in, into Patan. And something that you see in RRR definitely is that the Hindus and Muslims can live together, and it's a very divided modern country. It's a very mature uh, way of storytelling. Mature is a good word for it. So it's it's not like um, I don't know how to say this. It's not uh, they're, they're tr- they clearly have uh, a goal with this film, and it's like we got to stop this war and like wars involving. Um, Personal differences, and like you see that in Patan, with uh, you know the spy who loved me type of uh, dynamic in the film, and then uh, yeah, where Pakistan is not necessarily our enemy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's inc- I didn't even realize that until you told me that. I was like, oh, that's that's actually kind of crazy. And you dropped the spy who loved me line. I'm like, no, that that's that's exactly what that's it exactly is. what it yeah. is. So yeah, I continue. Yeah, but Patan rips off from various themes, but it, you know it, it rips it off in such a unique way, and, that and it rips off watch. the and the best. They yeah. take the best, yeah. right? So I mean, if I had to watch Patan or The Spy Who Loved Me again, it's going to be Patan any day of the week, hands really. down. Any Bond movie or Patan, I'm picking Patan. <laughs> like it's better than all of them, especially the last one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not like that film. So that's, our, another, that's another podcast, uh, ranking the 25, 26 Bond movies. Oh, we should, we should do, do that. that. We should do we that. Should, that'll be like three hours of arguing. I'm so down. That's a great idea. Anyway. The James Bond draft. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Next is uh, Juan. Well, no. I, w- I no. want to. What do you want to talk about? I want to stay on RR for now because they had okay. this amazing okay. second dance sequence. Oh, yeah. That won, a, uh, won an award, right? Yeah, the song did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that was the one where. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, going back to the first dance number, which was the was the bromance montage, which was edited into the first dance number. Was it the first dance number? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, th- I mean, that's just the breakfast table montage in Citizen Kane. That that condenses weeks and weeks of these guys getting to know each other very well, 
into a, a few minutes of a song. And that's the same as, as, um, Charles Foster King's marriage dissolving over a 25 year period, which takes place in three and a half minutes. Yeah. That's just, uh, that's just montages. I mean, that's, that's every yeah. single montage is meant to, but how many do you that. see in song and then, and then how many, well, yeah, none in song. Well, then montages go with songs, but not with dance numbers. Yeah. That's right? true. That's, that's the unique Bollywood experience. Yeah. And how many do you, do you see in, in montages and movies that, that accelerate time? I mean, there's two in real genius that I can think of that are, that are, um, well, all of them accelerate time, but it's very, it's but, very, it's on one topic. It's, yeah. it's not a, like multiple things. It's not friendship and time and showing the plot progressing. Like an, that's like three things in RRR. You see uh, the main character is searching for his, um, his, what is going to be his friend that's later revealed. And then two, it's um, their friendship. And three, it's time moving forward. That's three things in one montage with a song and a dance. That's crazy. So, yeah, but how many do you remember? How many montages do you really remember? Rocky. Right. Um, you always remember oh, the, Rocky. Yeah, the, the, the exercise montage. Yeah, There's one in every Rocky. Yeah. Um, but it's, I can't think of a single one that has, uh, that's multi, it's dynamic. It involves multiple things uh, in one montage. I don't. I can't remember anything outside of Bollywood that does that. The the shot of the two guys on the on the scooters. Just... That was that was amazing. Um, yeah. I completely forgot what I was going to bring up, but uh, it was Ram Sharan and N T Ramarao Jr. were the two guys. Mm -hmm. They were just freaking brilliant. And of course, Ray Stevenson. I think this was his last film. No. Um. Well, actually, film. Yes, he was in Ahsoka. Oh, yeah, he, he was. Is, yeah. Okay, excellent. He, yeah, yeah. Ray Stevenson was great. He was in Rome like twenty years ago. Yeah, great. Uh, one season of Dexter. One season of Dexter. Yeah. He's a very talented actor. He is. Yeah, highlight and, of the season. And British. And that's another thing that we notice about these Bollywood films is Brits have no problem flying to New Delhi or Bombay. To no. I'm sorry, not Bombay, Mumbai. Mumbai. Yeah. Yeah. To to be in these films. Yeah, and it's not always negative towards the british They're, they they make a distinction in rrr mm. they make a distinction between like there are bad brits that are colonial mm. and oppressive and there are there are good brits too like uh uh the woman character right right you know it's it's not all binary there mm. it's not a one or a two you know it's it's very like once again it's very great storytelling well and and this is kind of a bad example because this is not uh um this is not Bollywood, but when we watched Gandhi, which was heavily influenced by everything Indian, including yeah. including the runtime, you know, um, That's you know, a there great were film. there were uh, there were Brits everywhere around Gandhi, yeah. you know, uh, all the time. A lot of them Christian missionaries who who recognized the evils of colonialism. So anyway, uh, so RRR just I remember the the dance number in the it looked like the colonial palace. Yes, uh, the, the embassy or whatever. It yeah, was. whatever it was, and it had, it had this very Victorian vibe to it because yes. it took place in the Victorian era, mm -hmm. and then it had the uh, traditional Indian costumes, and the way that they were mixing in was was actually really, really you, fascinating. You couldn't take your eyes off the dance number because it was so impressive. Yeah, 
సట్టు నీడలో నా కుర్ర గుంపు కూడినట్టు ఎర్ర జొన్న రొట్టెలో నా మిరపతొక్కు కలిపినట్టు నా పాట చూడు నా పాట చూడు నా పాట చూడు నాటు 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 వీరనాటు నాటు 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 ఊరనాటు నాటు 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 పచ్చి మిరపలాగ పిచ్చనాటు before you watch a bollywood film i particularly you told me that there was going to be a dance number in patan i was like i don't know man like i don't want to dance numbers really because like i had seen um singing in the rain and you know there's like the dream sequence dance numbers that suck and like some of them are like just uninspiring and i and i sit in the in the film watching patan i'm like oh my god is is it coming up i'm dreading the moment and then like you hear the beat drop and like you see shahrukh khan come out the the balcony it was like, oh, okay, this might be actually kind of heat. And then it goes on for three minutes, and you're completely involved. And, like, by the first dance number in the movie, I'm like, I want another one, to be honest. That was pretty good. And then the last one hits. Th- that's when I was like, I'm going to Bollywood films for the dance numbers. I don't know if this is the, the point of the dance numbers, but certainly how I felt about it is when you've got your ass in a chair for 90 minutes, then a dance number hits. It, it rejuvenates you. It, it does. It's, it gets you ready for the second half of the film. I don't know if that's intentional, but that is certainly the result. Well, it was like when we were in Dunkey um, a couple of days ago, and we waited for you know 90 minutes, and then, then the dance number hit. It and was that's, great. And that's what we were waiting for for 90 minutes. And it again, puts life into the film. Yeah, and, and again, we were kind of in an environment. Of course, we were also the only two white guys in the theater, <laughs> yes. and everyone else brought pillows and blankets. Yeah, getting and ready, getting ready, and they're just kind of lying down, and they were they were viewing the movie so passively because they've already seen fifty, sixty films like this. Yeah, they weren't like us; so but, they just kind of knew. Yeah, so to us, this was like our fourth. Yeah, this <laughs> right. was the fourth one that had like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't wait for the dance number, and. I don't, I don't know, but like it's, it's just like a, a part that I always look forward to seeing. Mm. So, 
yeah. the ending dance number in Dunkey was good too. We'll get to Dunkey in a minute. So anything else on Dunkey? on the ending one? Yeah, yeah. The seg. Well, it, no, Dunkey didn't have had, one end one. with it. Had a it had a song. It has, and they had clips of dancing, but it wasn't like a full fledged yeah yeah dance number. So so anything else to add to RRR before we RRR? Um, go see it. Um. Just because it's Bollywood, don't give it a like a glance over. It's like, nah, it's not for me. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, the storytelling will quite shock you sometimes. We've had the pleasure of seeing performances of this year's best original songs. Once again, here are the nominees. <laughs> <laughs> Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, music and lyric by Diane Warren. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, music and lyric by Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Music by Thames, Rihanna, Ryan Coogler, and Ludwig Gornson. Lyric by Thames and Ryan Coogler. Not To Not To from RRR, music by M.M. Kiravarni, lyric by Chandra Bose. This is a life from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Music by Ryan Lott, David Byrne, and Mitski. Lyric by Ryan Lott and David Byrne. This is a life. All right. Are you guys ready? Ooh. RRR. RRR. originally earned a degree for electrical and electronics engineering before becoming a lyricist. Composer M.M. Kiravani lists John Williams as one of his musical influences. Thank you, Academy. I grew up listening to The Carpenters, and now here I am with the Oscars. There was only one wish on my mind. So was Rajamaulis and my families. RRR has to win, pride of every Indian. And must put me on the top of the world. Thank you, Kartikeya and Variance Films for making this possible. Love you all. Thank you. Namaste. spot on their on their channel on Sanjit Ray who was one of their leading filmmakers for a few decades and started off in black and white moved in color and I see those run times two hours 45 minutes or sometimes three and a half hours and I think yeah uh, I'll do something 90 minutes from yeah, Hitchcock right but I understand that those films are just they're fun simply amazing yeah. okay and and we we like watching it in Hindi because the most of it is is acted in Hindi, but it's also in I like Telugu. Sub, sub, and, subtitles are just better than dub. Subs over opinion. dubs yeah. for sure, man. I'll always read it, and you know, I like, I hate, absolutely hate the the mouths not matching the the what's being said. I hate that, and you know, plus you get to hear most of the time Shah Rukh Khan's voice. I mean, it's pretty great. right, right. So because yeah, he dubs his own lines, yeah, it's a line of charisma. So and John yeah. Abraham does too. 
Okay, so after that, we uh, we also watched uh, what was the one we caught on Amazon, Bombay Saga. Skip Jawan. I, I skipped Jawan. Did oh, we see Jawan next, or I, we see Bombay we, Saga? We saw Jawan. No, I, no, I think we saw Mumbai Saga next. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That that film is definitely interesting. Um, it's a lot of fun still, but it's definitely like a darker Bollywood film, which is quite like the colors aren't really like expressive like they normally are except in the dance number um but i i still liked it i still no, really you mean it's it. like it's darker in tone in it's tone, darker yeah, in it's, color it's like a dcu film i mean like it's like the tone is literally color that it's darker it's more dull mm. in this in mumbai so and there was um well it is a crime film and it's about a yeah. bad guy yeah, john Abraham. Yeah. yeah and it's it's based on a true story about the crime lords in mumbai who are just getting out of control to the point where the police would just start knocking these guys off yeah. in what they called encounters, mm-hmm. right? And then the encounters were, were seen as positive because these, these criminals, criminals just, are getting off the streets, yeah. They're, right. They're dead, but... Yeah, which just sounds like a completely desperate state of affairs. To, it does. And it got out of hand to where they started prosecuting these cops. And some, uh, if you go onto the Wikipedia page and look at it, or if you, there's a documentary on Netflix about it, yeah, I've seen it. Some of these cops had killed like 40, 50 people. Yeah. And there were dozens of these cops that were doing it. It was crazy. So while we were watching the film, just watching these cops just go around and just murdering we were like, these criminals. We were both like, how are they getting away with this? Possible? But it was like a law in... To a certain in, extent, you were protected yeah. as a police officer. If, yeah. you, if it was, you were involved in a shooting, yeah. Right. And, so it was just like something we didn't get until after the film. Right. So. Right. So we were we were uninformed. Yeah. But it was still an amazing. It was still movie. a great great film. I liked it. It had a lot of uh, Sam Peckinpah type moments. You know, a lot of slow cam. Oh, that's just a lot of Hollywood cinema. Cinema though, they use uh, um, editing techniques that aren't like as unless you're Zack Snyder as in prevalent as in unless you're Zack Snyder. Yeah, the use of slow mo. You know what I mean? Too much slow mo in Zack Snyder films. Yes. Yes. You, have you seen Rebel Moon? I have not. Have you? Um, I couldn't get through it, <laughs> but I'll, I'll get through it with you. Um, the amount of slow-mo it's, in that film is crazy. It's like 90 minutes, isn't it? No, it's like, actually, I, I can't swear. I, I turned it off before I looked at the, it was, it was something. It's, it's not getting rated good. I'll tell you that. Yeah. We can watch it and if you want. And he's got two more coming out. I don't think so anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Okay, so Mumbai Saga has, uh, again, like an, a, another amazing dance number in midway through when they're walking out of the temple to Ganesh. Yes. And ticker tape in the air. And, it's, and the, it, red, the red banners and the flowers. And...
Sean un- Abraham is looking badass walking down the steps with his entourage. No, it was great. It, it looked, you know, it, it was it was a great break from the the very like depressing atmosphere that was in the first half of the film that wasn't as present in the second half. It was almost like a little a little buffer between you, like get to the ending of the film. Yeah. So, um, like the first part was pretty dark. So. Yeah. And in that film also, and you see this in a lot of a lot of the films that you and I have seen, where these films do not flinch uh, when it concerns Indian poverty. No, no, they they don't. They they show it, and um, respect. And that's that's something that was actually very heavy in American films in the seventies, where these auteurs were did not flinch away from poverty in America. Like if you look at the French Connection or oh yeah, or the Seven Ups like or something. Yeah, yeah, just like oh, who the fuck wants to move to New York after watching a movie about it in the seventies? And and if you see Joker. You know that obviously yeah. it goes yeah. back to that sound or a taxi driver or something contemporary to it, or even a bond live and let die. Like yeah. the, those alleyways look awful. Oh yeah, to live and let Superfly. die. Superfly. Superfly. That place looks like shit. Which was shot in Harlem, yeah, yeah. and uh, across 110th Street. Yeah, great yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, with Yath Fatkoto, great, great. Oh, movie. he was great. He was awesome. Yeah, that that film was that. I really liked across 110th Street. Now that you bring it up. Yeah, we watched it on the Criterion Channel, I yeah. think, yeah. I think that unflinching look at poverty in in the terms of how to convey a narrative is largely lost on, on Hollywood film now. Like, I, I don't expect that to be the main topic of something like La La Land. Hollywood but, doesn't understand poverty. And it's crazy that you bring up the, the thing about Hollywood and La La Land, about La La Land, is that it's an integral part of the film is that both the main characters, they're poor and they're trying to make it in LA and they just don't understand. I mean, other than the four roommates, but nothing is ever shown like that. Like it's not poverty, real poverty. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I guess like you could say like they're a little better off than some, but once again, LA looks beautiful in that film. It's kind of romanticized. It is romanticized with all the colors and shit and that amazing dance sequence on uh, next to Griffith uh, Park, uh, the the observatory, right mm-hmm. on that uh, that slope. I mean, it is romanticized, and I I don't remember a film in recent memory that shows poverty um, in America. Well, every time I see poverty in a film like Dunkey, I'm just reminded that we have the richest poor people in the world. Our poor people own cars. Our poor people own houses. There are poor people in this world that don't even. The only thing they own is the clothes that they're wearing at the time. It's horribly, horribly poor. Anything else that you want to add to that before we move on to Jawan? It was a different uh, genre than what we were used to, and I'm, I'm glad I saw it because it is, once again, it's not just, Bollywood is not a genre. You know, it's a, it's a system of filmmaking that has different types of films in there. So mm-hmm. I'm glad uh, there's a little bit of a diversity in what we saw. So it's not like an upbeat spy thriller. Right. So it's a down-to-earth Crime thriller. Mm. So, so Jawan, Jawan, which means soldier in Hindi. That movie was absolutely spectacular. <laughs> I was blown away. I remember we were like, after Patan, it was like lightning can't strike twice. You know, like Shahrukh Khan. I mean, he's he was amazing. Patan. I mean, how good can this movie be? I was really down to go. I mean, I, I expected like a seven or out of ten. I was like, he'll carry this film. And I walked in three hours later. I'm like, that was fucking amazing i wanted to see it again but it was out of theaters it was it was amazing um uh, another film with politics in it yeah, uh, yeah. With, uh, with a great message and 
and a ludicrous plot, but once again, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. So tell us the plot for our listeners of Juwan. So, I mean, you can see it coming from, like, almost a mile away, but it doesn't stop your enjoyment. So so the main character, I, I forgot his name, but uh, Shah Rukh Khan, um, it starts with, uh, it's, it's ba- almost bookended, kind of. Um, it starts with, like, a, like this village getting uh, invaded by, like, uh, some crime boss or whatever. And then um, it's Shah Rukh Khan, like, defeating the bad guys in the village. And then it's, like, cuts 30 years later. And uh, it's, like, you see Shah Rukh Khan again, and he's, he kind of looks a little old, but, like, time and age are played with very differently in this film. The story uses age and time um, to its advantage. It's about uh, bureaucracy again. It's more about uh, corruption and bureaucracy and prisons and, and uh, stopping that. So the... I think. Unless the, I'm explaining this horrible. Please, you, you take the reins. The one-line descriptor in IMDb says, a high-octane action thriller which outlines the emotional journey of a man who is set to rectify the wrongs in society. Yeah. That's... You could go with that. Yeah, that was the best descriptor. So Shahrukh... cut me out. Shahrukh Khan has his, two roles in this film. Yeah. So um, himself he, and his dad. Right. So the the first character that he plays is uh, Vikram Rathor, and Vikram is a is a warden in a women's prison. A uh, second character he plays, he plays in the the beginning. It's a flashback, right? Kind of. But that's bookended. Yes, but right. I mean, so you right. see him in the beginning, and then you, he comes in in the, the last act, hour. Yeah. 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 So um, so he's he's the warden of a women's prison. And then he finds spoilers. Oh, oh, by the way, like you know, something's up whenever you see him in the in the warden get out. It's like he does not look like he's aged thirty years in the film. <laughs> like you know, in Dunky, like he, when he's supposed to look older, they gray his hair a little bit, and you know he's got some highlights, and his beard's gray. In this film, he looks like he's thirty, and he always looks like he's thirty. So, and he's fifty-eight. Which is honestly crazy. I don't know how he's doing these action films when he's in his late fifties, but that's besides the point. So when you see him like all like young and shit, you're like, okay, something is a little low. You know what I mean? So that's like the first indication of maybe there's a little bit more to this plot. Yeah, I read an article in on my Apple News feed a couple of weeks ago about uh, this this new wonder drug that all the billionaires are pumping their money into to oh, yeah. to stop aging. And I just thought Shah Rukh Khan must have his hands on that shit. I mean, I guess. I mean, he looks better than anyone. I can't think. Of, I mean, Jared Leto hasn't really aged, but once again, I mean, he hasn't aged in like 30 years. Mm. But, Dead Reckoning was the first film I thought I saw Tom Cruise age in. And then Equalizer 3 was the first film where I thought, oh, Denzel's starting to get up there. No, yeah, and they looked the same for 30, decades. 40 years, yeah. yeah. Samuel L. Jackson still looks amazing. Yeah. And he's like in his mid to late 70s. Yeah. Well, he, he, Samuel L. Jackson is very aware of his image. And I think that he knows particularly how to, how to sculpt his head. Mm -hmm. Sculpt is probably the wrong word, but how to portray his head on screen. And you would have actors do this back in the 30s or 40s. No, only shoot from my left. Like Edward G. Robinson was. Oh, he's really like, yeah, only, only shoot from my left. Oh, the Can't classic, shoot from the right. uh, I'm ready for my close-up, but get my good side. Right, yeah, yeah stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, maybe. That's Who always knows, been But he that still way. looks fantastic he on looks, the red carpet. He looks great. <laughs> yeah, Sam J. Awesome. Okay, so, so the second character is, is the main character's father. Yes, both by the same guy. 
uh, who has a b- little bit of memory loss. So there's another uh, subplot there. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's just uh, 9 out of 10. They are both fighting poverty. Yeah. Corruption, bureaucracy, the bad right. shit. And so then in this aspect, the we saw the power of the vote. Yeah. So we, we saw it. We saw this particularly as being very self-reflexive. Like this is a directly addressing a problem in Indian society, which American films. Um, they do, but it's pretty, um, it's pretty light. And it's not like um, it's all on you. It's more like um, this is the problem. You know, maybe we can fix it. But a lot of times it's kind of half-assed. You know, they don't follow through with it. So, well, in I'm I'm not particularly sure about the the political makeup of of the Indian electorate and how you you look at their body politic, but in in ours, if you make any type of criticism in a film on anything slightly political, it's got to be one way or the other. You know, it's like um, you know the Sound of Freedom, for example, which has been labeled as this really far right wing yeah. uh, propaganda, made you know funded by these churches to to push this QAnon theory. Yeah. And then the director uh, goes on to the DGA podcast. I just want to make a good film. And said, I just went out and tried to find money, and this is the money that I found for this story, and I have no agenda that lines up with these people. And uh, I don't know necessarily what to believe, but I want to believe the director. And I want to see this film, but it also stars Jim Caviezel, who has been spouting some of this shit from the funders of this film you said adrenochrome essentially you have adrenaline in your body i'll just simplify it and and when you are scared you produce adrenaline if a child knows he's going to die uh his body will uh, secrete this uh, adrenaline Followers of QAnon are obsessed with the idea, without having any evidence, that Hollywood celebrities and other famous people torture children to extract adrenochrome, some believe to use in satanic rituals. It is bizarre and baseless, but it's the same kind of conspiracy theory that children are in imminent danger that in 2016 led a gunman to a pizzeria in Washington, D.C. that was the target of false online claims about child torture. The fact that you guys are attacking us and making us look like we're crazy when we're just trying to save some f***ing children pisses me off. And the conspiracy theories continue to spread. In October, QAnon believers marched in Hollywood repeating baseless claims. What's going on with Tom Hanks? <laughs> so you guys just want me to explain everything today, huh? Dude, it's all suspicion. That's that's suspicion. How do you know that Tom Hanks says How anything do you know? You're proving a negative. non-fact because you, How do you don't prove know the negative? information. You're saying it's but a neither, fact that they're not. But neither do you. We're in an impasse then because we're reporting literally the same thing. But neither do you. But you have him on your sign. You're calling him a pedophile. Yes. But you don't know that for a fact. How did they get to that position of power? And we should mention we have reached out to Caviezel uh, for a comment. Look, why does So it's all very, it makes everything very impolitic. And then on the other side of it, you've got... You've got some films that are just very on the face of it liberal that are yeah. that are particularly I'm thinking of the American president by Rob Reiner. When Rob Reiner made that film, he was like, I'm putting this out so I can take out as many, many Republicans as possible. That was his goal, you know, is to is show them up. And he he hired Richard Dreyfus to play basically uh, Bob Dole incarnate on film and just show how evil Bob Dole was. And if you couldn't catch that in the film, you had your eyes closed. So that was a, an agenda on the face. I didn't see an on the face political agenda 
in Jawan. I just saw. I just moment. And well, um, really, I didn't. I didn't because we're not necessarily involved in the party politics of India. We can't see it. It it just looks like an anti-poverty movie. It just looks like something that's trying to to gather the populace and try to get them to vote. I don't know. I think um, it's it gets very obvious when you see Shah Rukh Khan do the national broadcast to India. Oh yeah, he stares into the camera and is like, "We are the only ones that can fix this. Uh, You must vote." So that was that was um overt well that's also very very generic now there again like there could be something deep deeper into it that we're not picking up like i remember being There's corruption well a corruption for sure but i mean it, it aligns with a uh a pro party type of politics oh like, you mean that type of uh politics not just uh well yeah for like for instance like i remember being in high school and the the rock the vote campaign from mtv was out and mtv was just telling we're gonna rock the vote well everybody knew that the more young people that you had vote, the more Democrats you're going to have to vote. That's why MTV was pushing that, was to get more young people to vote because they wanted more Democrats voting. Because Democrats make up the majority of the body politic in America, but they're they're always undervoting. And that's always been the case. I mean, since the 1920s, that's always been the case. So I didn't know if there was something like that going on that we obviously wouldn't pick up. But regardless of that, because we're not aware of it, we're we're seeing it for on its face value of being an anti-poverty type of movie. And also, surprisingly so, for, for a culture that's been very deeply criticized for, for being sexist, very pro-woman movie. Yeah, very, very. It's, he's the warden of a pro-woman's prison. Where, where they all love him. Yeah, because he's just great to the... <laughs> because, he's the because he's Shah Rukh Khan. Shah Rukh Khan. Yeah, and it's also in Patan, too. I mean, you know, the, the second lead is a, is a woman. Mm. And she helps take down the, the bad guy. A donkey. Donkey. Yeah. So what did you think? I really, I what, really what liked you, Donkey. What did you, before the film, what did you expect it was? I thought that it was an action film. So there's another action film that's out called uh, Salar, if I remember correctly. And I got the two mixed up, but Shah Rukh Khan was in was in Dunkey, so I knew that's the one that we wanted to go see. Yes, and so I said, "Hey, this is an action film. Let's go!" And within ten minutes, we figured out very quickly this is not an action film. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't like particularly upset. I was like, "Well, the characters right now within the first ten minutes are actually fleshed out, mm-hmm. and I, I'm liking the story so far." And I didn't mind. I wasn't like, "Oh, let's get this over with. I got to sit here for another two and a half hours." I didn't care. I was I was there for the ride. Yeah, I really I, I liked the the opening in London. Kind of took me by surprise, and you find out that you've got yeah. These, they really like bookends. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it kind of reminded me well, star-crossed lover situation, but it, it reminded me of, of Love in the Time of Cholera, which was a book by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, who was a Colombian author, and I, he wrote that book I think sometime in the in the fifties or sixties, and he I think he won uh, the Pulitzer Prize for literature for it. Uh, John Cusack is like an enormous. Uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez fan, yep. believe it or not. And Love in the Time of Caller is about these these two people who were young and then they were divided their entire lives and when they're in their, you know, eighties, they get back together to fulfill their love to each other. And it's very much that similar sort of setup in yeah, Dunkey. Classic story. Yeah. So but like like you were saying, those those four individuals, particularly Mani, the girl, yeah. I, I just thought She was great. Yeah. Excellent acting. So yeah, all all the leads were I felt very compelling, mm-hmm. and they all had 
stories and, and motivations. So what was the story of Don Key? Tell us. Um, so the first half is um, they want to go to – well, one of the characters has um, someone in, in England. Suki. Suki. Suki has a friend in England. Yeah, and they, they want to go to England to see if she's all right because apparently she's getting abused. Yeah. So they apply for a visa, um, and they don't get it, but they go through this roundabout way of trying to get through, get to India by, to India, get to Britain from India by uh, a student visa. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things you need for a student visa visa is that you need to speak English because you're um you, in, you're in going a, to English. A very well constructed, very funny sequence yeah. in an English class. Yes. Yeah. It was it was a pretty it was pretty funny to be on the other end of that. You know, because sometimes you see. People learning other languages, like, oh, I got to learn French to go. But it was kind of funny to see them trying to learn English and it sounding like, like bad. You know what I mean? Because like, normally we're on the other English. side of that because we don't know how German actually sounds or French actually sounds. Mm. And like, when they do that in our films, it's like, oh, that's funny, but I, st- I don't know how it actually sounds. You know mm. what I mean? There, there might be slurring and getting shit like overpronounced or whatever, but we, we don't understand that. But here it was really funny because... We got it, yeah. but it was it was just really for good. I I never seen that, so seeing it from the other side, seeing it from the other side was very exciting. Yeah, versus like something like Stripes, where Harold Ramis is teaching the class. Son of bitch, shit. Son of bitch, shit. I don't know if you remember that one. I, remember, I I've seen Stripes, but only once. So it was years ago. I, I remember the the mud wrestling and how's it going Eisenhower and that's about it. <laughs> Female mud mud wrestling. Oh, and, and the RV, the WMD RV. Yeah. Um, the EM50 project. <laughs> that went to Germany or whatever? Yeah. Uh, Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Yeah, it's so. kind of like going to Wisconsin. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I got my ass kicked in Wisconsin <laughs> once. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, um, stripes aside. Yeah, yeah. So, so. They, they're in this English tra- class trying to learn, and only one of them ends up passing. So he goes to England, and he's like, oh, it's great here. You guys got to come. So instead, Suki finds out that the person he knew in England killed herself, and he commits suicide too. And the rest of the cast, they they decide they're going to go on a donkey to England, which what's is a, what's a donkey? Illegally entering the country, uh, basically illegal immigrating. I don't know if um, your listeners are good at geography or bad at geography, but um, that's a pretty far walk. India to to England is um, it was one of the farthest places you could you could go. Um, you got they they actually like kind of mapped it out through. Dialogue is like, oh, we gotta go through uh, Pakistan to Afghanistan to Iran, and it was like, oh my god, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and then they had to, to hop a train in Iran and, and go over the Turkish border and get into a shipping container which, and go to yeah. And once once you're in Turkey, you are officially in the EU, so you don't. Yeah. You, so it's it's a lot easier. No no border checkpoints. So they I think they went to Italy, and then they got into a shipping container and then. Made it to Britain. It was just this horrible, horrible. It was story. pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. It, it completely takes another turn. It's like I didn't even know what Dunkey meant. I didn't know the plot of the movie. And then the second half happens after the uh, the the song and dance was also really awesome. It was like, oh wow, this movie kind of took a turn. This this song and dance of Shah Rukh Khan was called Looted Rebooted. It was great. It was fantastic. <laughs>
मंदा जीता था खुल के तेरी गली में आया भूल के जी चंगा भला सी मैं लुट पुट गया मैं तो लुट पुट गया Oh yeah, him jumping all over the place and doing these great choreography dances. It was just, it was fantastic. I always look forward to that. We talked a little bit after the movie、um, when we were at the Waffle House about how song and dance routines, like La La Land aside, there it's, were it's not the same in La La Land. Musicals in in Hollywood cinema have always been sort of characterized as effete or effeminate or feminine or not very masculine. That seems kind of kind of contradictory when you consider Fred Astaire or Bing Crosby or Gene Kelly, Gene Kelly, who were very masculine men who just knew how to dance, or you know Christopher Walken, for example, who's who's <laughs>、yeah. who's actually like trained as a ballroom dancer, or、uh, Patrick Swayze. Was or, a, was Patrick Swayze、ballet. is a excellent example、yeah. of a masculine man who knows how to dance. Yeah. But just over over time, the draw for the for from the male population just dropped off too. And the musical Nothing, genre in general, in general, just has not been. You know, and into the scale it is in India, it's it's nowhere near. Even in classic Hollywood, I mean, you'll see, um, the the wide shots, but nothing is very overly choreographed. You know, doesn't have like a it has scale without the style. Right. So no, this was crazy. This was、it、has scale and style in this every.、Film. Every musical number I have seen in a Bollywood film thus far looks like the opening shot to the second Austin Powers film. Is is that one, The Spy Who Shagged Me? Yes. Where they come out onto the street and there's like fucking like three hundred people. You know, it, it just dancers. Yeah, it just seems like there's tons. I think about the the Victorian number in the Colonial Capital in. R R R. No, yeah, you know, it just、yeah. just seems like there's tons. It's a, it's a spectacle. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. The town square in Patan.、Yeah. Yes, you know,、uh, and the ending scene that looks like it's in Havana. Right,、uh, in right,、Bataan. right. It's just like the scale is massive, and I I always appreciate that. It's like a lot of work went into that, and I I love it. Versus La La Land, which is exceptional because it's a musical. They yes, got a lot and of it's、press. a smaller scale. It's a smaller scale. There's only a. One or there's like one. The opening number on the on the freeway, on the freeway has a lot like of people.、It. Yeah, for in terms of scale. Yeah.、Um, the closest next after that would be Emma Stone and her three roommates in the in the street. Right. And I mean, it was really good because like I hadn't seen any Bollywood films, but that's kind of like 
not impressive anymore. Yeah, and I'm not knocking. I'm not it, knocking. It was really well done. But this was something that wow, look, Hollywood did a musical. Wow, Again, like yeah. wow, we like this is the first time we gotten one since like High School Musical three. Yeah, right. And like wow, like this is incredible. Incredible. I wonder if musicals back. No. Well, it's also one of those situations when when you hear a musical is coming out, like Pennies from Heaven came out. You know, I didn't want to see it. Woody Allen did one, which I, I don't remember, and <laughs> yes. with Edward Norton and Drew Barrymore. And wow. I, I just had okay. no interest in seeing it because I was I didn't want to the go see a musical. The interest in Hollywood and the consumers for musicals is very low. Yeah, and that's why I don't see them at all, and not nearly to the scale as, as they were in the fifties. So um, India picked up that tor- torch and they they ran with it. Yeah. Now I had enormous sympathy for what they were trying to do in terms of, um, in terms of trying to get to England to to live a better life. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. But, but of course, then in, like during the credit sequence, you got hit with a lot of messaging, which I didn't think the movie needed. Well, ultimately, film is of an art form and a and a place to uh, get messages across and i didn't mind it because like i'm not going to knock a film for that's for its purpose but you can certainly criticize it for its delivery so um would you like to talk about the the delivery of uh, their political messages well i don't i don't want to i don't want to put myself in a situation where i have to uh mansplain yeah uh, or you know a political problem or because I think that the immigration problem is is a huge political problem for a lot of people in this country. Yes, but just on in this country, I meant India specifically, right? But the entire immigration issue is because of an imbalance between the first world and the third world. Yes, and and the messaging that we saw at the end of the film heavily implied, if it did not state it outright, that the world would be better if we didn't have any borders. That's that's what I or, took or from took the loosened the the visa process right because they loosening say the visa process yes. uh, borders only uh, bar the poor right right and, and that's true I I, I think that's, that's true. very true yes uh and the passport system being only 140 years old is kind of it's new it was kind of implying that there were no controls on immigration before that and that is also not true that's not true yeah uh, Im- Im- immigration and and borders have always been a thing but you know it's nations as as themselves was set in set in stone borders have only been um prevalent in the last 250 years mm-hmm. before then you had a loose border really it's mm-hmm. like over there kind of that river yeah that's that's the border but now you it's more prevalent because of technology Yes. So it's in your face more. Yeah. It's not that immigration and and refugees have never existed. And this almost landed at the wrong time because, of course, there's a bill in Congress right now to, to reform our immigration on the southern border. And in terms of hitting at the wrong time, I, I don't mean for our Indian population in America. I just mean, uh, you know, no no white people are going to see this film really other than you and me. Which is a tragedy. Because no, it's a great film. I think that more Anglo-Americans should go see this film to get more of a window on what's going on. But that's just the plain fact of the situation. Every time we've gone to a Bollywood film, we're the only ones there. Yes. So I'm, I'm trying to not walk a fine line, but, but, but I, am, I really don't think that the – I mean, loosen the visa process for sure. That makes complete sense. However, if we had no borders – it wouldn't make. The I don't world think. A, a I don't place. think the world would be a better place. Yeah, it's right. it's. You need controls 
of some sort. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's what it lacked in the delivery. And right, right. In long term, we need to we need to fix this imbalance between the first and the third world. Yeah. Yes. And and those are you could say those are really complicated ideas, ideas to, to go be, through. Yeah. But if anyone can hold those ideas in a narrative film, it's going to be a Bollywood film. That's I true. Think. And they use the story to in the plot to convey their ideas, which is done, I think, fairly well, except for the de- like the delivery. But it is weaven, woven into the story fairly well until that point. And again, for a film that was criticizing an immigration situation, it was not really attacking the British. It wasn't. It was still anti-colonial, like you said. Mm-hmm. It was like the British ruled this place forever, and they how dare they ask us to speak English and all that, which is a wild, <laughs> a wild idea. No, I love the whole speech of the British came to our country. Yeah, it was a good speech. They, they didn't learn how to speak our language. Like, so watch, yeah, it's. I mean, it was a good speech. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I still like the film. You know, I really saw the song and dance number in in Dunkey when when Shahrukh Khan was there at the top of the English school doing this, and everyone's got like an Australian flag on their shirt or a Canadian flag on their shirt or yeah. or New Zealand or whatever. I thought that was one of the most inclusive things I'd ever seen on film recently. Just how they were, this is our dream is to go to an English speaking country. Right. And, and I rather liked that, that sort of recognition that that is the goal for a large part of the world. And I think it's wrong of us to deny that to so many people. Based because on, they can't grant because they're not in danger in their own. Well, based on xenophobia country. and fear, yeah. as opposed to you know rational thought process. Yeah. yeah. So the next one is going to be Solar, and if we see American fiction, maybe for Tightwad Tuesday, I would love to see that. Then maybe we can catch Solar next weekend. I'm totally down. I interrupt this program to tell you, dear listeners, that we saw Solar the following weekend, and it was not what we expected it to be, and we did not enjoy it that much. There is a part two on the way, and we think that we're going to skip it. Oh, right. uh, any more Bollywood films, I'm, I'm totally down. Any final words on Dunkey? Still a great film. No film is perfect. Most of the Bollywood films I've seen, I've gotten pretty close. Any, any final words on Shah Rukh Khan? My favorite actor. Greatest one I've ever seen on film. He's amazing. Yeah, I told you Pure that. Pure star power. A living cinema god. Uh, I would agree. Uh, anyone who has the nickname King Khan, I mean, come on. All right, King Kong and Bollywood film. Thanks very much for for talking about uh, Bollywood today. Thanks for hanging out with us while we talked Bollywood 2023. The Super 70 Podcast is found wherever you find podcasts. You can find me, my books, and my blog at www.thatdylandavis.com. I'm also on Letterboxd and Threads. I'm Dylan Davis, and we'll see you next time in the Tear Garden.
I personally don't care about the messaging, the messaging or or who I am addressing it to. I do it for myself. Yeah. Because I'm in this business not <laughs> for the audience. I'm in this business because I wanted to be here. I was so bloody, you know, passionate about it, desperate to act, and and that uh, that theory I'm I've been following it till now. You know, so when you're doing it, when you're facing the camera, you're not thinking about the audience. Whether you're doing Simba, you're doing Gully Boy, or you're doing any other film. So I, there, I disagree with Alia when she says that it's easy to make a good film. No, everybody wants to make a good film, you know. But hit hit film happens. If you if you think that you know the hit film is something that can be made, no, it cannot be made. It can't. You know, yeah. If you think that you know a you good, can't design it, but good film, you make an effort to make it. You know, you you put your heart and soul and belief into it to first make it a good film. And then you start playing for it to be a hit. Start counting the numbers. Hey, पहले दिन का क्या हुआ? वहाँ पे फोन कर रहे हो. दूसरे दिन का क्या हुआ? So you know this has been the the good. This so you'll been... be surprised the number of people who work backwards. What? Huh? Who start counting yeah. the numbers and then and they're then like, okay, these are the numbers we want. So now let's write the script and now let's cast these people and now let's release. So, एक example दो.